Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amibros. Let's get it. Let's get it. Another week. Another episode of the Amibros podcast. I am one third of the trio better known as the Amibros. Actually, one fourth. I got Trip beside me. I guess we can consider him part of me, bros. We'll, we'll talk about it later, guys. But uh, we're here another week, man. What's popping? What's good, fellas? Man, I'm feeling good. Uh, besides uh, all my best sucking last week, uh, my Texans blowing a game at the end of it uh, for the second time this year. Um, and, you know, all going bad with my actual bets uh, over even Monday. And so, uh, listen. It was Everything not- that you've been betting is all bad. <laughs> all bad. <laughs> all bad. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I did. Uh, I did enjoy myself on a golf course on uh, on Saturday, and um, you know, just just hit some some beautiful drives down the center of the fairway. Uh, after Damon told me to swing like an athlete and challenge my athleticism, so look, I feel, feel pretty good. So, is what it is. Hey man, you you sound a little down. Yeah, that that was definitely a highlight. Um, and uh yeah the texans uh we'll, we'll get into it a little later but uh jeremy what's popping man how you feeling what's, what's going on in charlotte not much man just uh just chilling just chilling uh i haven't really been doing anything everybody's uh on lockdown starting friday we're back on lockdown so yeah man about to sit in the house doing what little, i do uh, a curfew 10 to uh 10 to 6 something like that I think it's 10, 10, 10 to 5 i literally know that i literally have been outside the house between 10 and 5 Probably in the last six to seven months, so who cares? I'll be out on the patio with some wood burning and watching games. So hey man, that's, that's what life. I do. It's hey. life. Uh, good, man. We got a lot to get into today, fellas. Uh, first of all, shout out to everybody listening to us, uh, tuning into us for the, for another week. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get it, fellas. Uh, the NFC East is heating up. Uh, the, the Washington football team took out the Steelers. Um, should the, the Washington football team or the New York Giants be favorites in the NFC East? Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. Um, I think this is fairly simple. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Giants mainly because they own the head to head. So that means Washington has to win more games going forward than the Giants. And the simple fact that we're talking about an NFC East team winning a game, it's basically like a two or three game lead in any other division. So um, I think they're both been playing a lot better. I like Ron Rivera. Um, I like the story of, uh, you know, him coming back from cancer. You've got Alex Smith coming back from his leg injury. Um, somehow he took a cleat to the other leg and had blood running brutal. down his foot. Uh, huh? That was brutal. It looked like Kurt Schilling when he had the, the – the, uh, Yeah, yeah. It was pretty nasty looking. So, um, you know, you had that working. So, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing them get in. But, you know, looking at the Giants, they look good too. They shut down Russell Wilson. Um, five sacks in that game. They actually uh, couldn't move the ball at all. You had Colt McCoy throw 22 times for like 112 yards. And um, overall, he's got a comeback story as well. I think he had – I can't remember what it was. I think he had a broken leg as well, but he had – He did maybe a four, like the following week. Yeah, he had a lot of surgeries too. He had like four or five surgeries himself. So um, both quarterbacks have have had some you know major leg injuries and things like that. But overall, I think it's uh, definitely going to come down to them because the Cowboys are absolute trash. Um, they gave up 295 yards rushing last week. And the Eagles are even more trash. And now they're coming out with Jalen Hurts playing against 
the best defense in the NFL, probably the best unit in the NFL on either side of the ball this week. Oh, and it's going to be really, really ugly. I feel so bad for him. Jared, stop. In the last five yeah, games, sure we've had 57 defensive possessions and we've given up 44 points. Um, you played a team with no quarterback. You played the Falcons we twice. Played t- we, 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 so, so, so you're saying in the last five weeks you played three NFL uh, MVPs, former MVPs, a quarterback. Okay, cool. Played, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy, first off, like let's not let's not make this. Thing. Tom Brady struggles versus anybody that can generate pressure. You guys can generate pressure. You're a good defense, but he struggled versus every team that can generate pressure. So that's not a surprise. You guys beat Matt Ryan twice, but you guys have sat Matt Ryan in the last every time you play him eight times a game. So that's not a surprise. You played Denver without like that's not good defense. Uh, it's good defense. <laughs> but what I'm telling you is y'all are the best unit of any unit in football. Come on, I don't even know if y'all. Jer, who's the better? Who's got a better unit? The Chiefs' offense is better than your defense. Jer, they got shut down last week. Jer, I watched. I watched the the Raiders run all over y'all. I watched the Packers run all over y'all. I've seen multiple teams run over y'all. So, you, so you're saying in the first three weeks our defense didn't look as good. I'm saying teams now are they're... allowed to have bad games. And okay. So I, I saw the Chargers. I saw the Chargers shut down. Bad game with the Chiefs. I saw the Patriots shut down the Chiefs. Bad game with the Chiefs. Jeremy, was that our touchdown to Tyreek Hill? Yeah, it was a touchdown. That's twenty nine points. That's not. I, that's that's fine. Well, I mean, you're still looking at the fact that their defense. I mean, the other team's offense couldn't get off the field. I mean, I couldn't stay on the field. At the end of the day, our defense um, this season is giving up less yards per game or, or per play than the Jets' offense is this season. We're basically turning teams into a worse offense than the Jets. And I want you guys to understand that this is going to continue this week. Uh, you're going to come out now. You're talking about, oh, we played against Matt Ryan and the team that if if not, if not Todd Gurley can figure out how not to run into the end zone, would have won every one of their last seven games outside of the two games they played against us. And we set them both down. So Jalen Hurts is going to get – I, I would be surprised they scored nine points. So what um, you're saying is, though, when you say they would have won every game out of our last seven besides the Lions game and the other two, you're saying a team that went four and three in the last seven games. Yeah, you know, 4-1 and one outside of playing us. Um, so, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, I'm looking at this division going, it's probably going to be the Giants. Uh, would not be mad to see Washington in there, but whoever gets in is going to get beat first round in the playoffs, likely. Um, although, as it stands now, they would probably play Seattle, and Seattle is not the strongest team out there. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, 85, what do you think about this topic, man? What's – uh? What's your thoughts on the Washington football team and the New York Jets and the FC East? I, I remember specifically, and I, I mean, we can check the podcast. I remember specifically saying like two weeks ago that I thought the Giants and Washington had the best two chances of making the the, the uh, playoffs out of the NFC East. And I remember Jeremy telling me about how the Cowboys were because they had such an easy schedule. And I said, For, no, 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 no. First off, this is no, that, this is, that's completely false. And secondly, let's not pretend like you came up with this this narrative. I said approximately six weeks ago that the Giants were plus eleven fifty to win the division. You did, and those that. were great odds God, to pick them to win because they were the team that was playing the most competitive football. You didn't say because they were playing the most competitive football. You said you said the odds were really good. But I, I digress. You, we we talked about it, and and you got you talked about how. How good the schedule was for the the cow uh, for the Cowboys and, and relented. It's okay. Uh, listen, do I think if, if I'm picking a team, I'm probably picking Washington. 
I like I like uh, the Giants are doing. They're playing good football, um, obviously. But the thing is, they don't have a unit that's like the Washington football team's defensive line. They have five first-round picks. They have four starters. They're bringing in an extra first-rounder off the bench, and they're also bringing in Tim Settle off the bench, who Tim Settle was a, a top-five recruit out of high school uh, who, who didn't really pan out in college but is playing really well, popping in, in, in the NFL. Uh, Saints have somebody like that uh, who I don't think they're giving them as much playing as they probably should, but uh, Tim Suttle, who, and Tim Suttle, um, Shai Tuttle, who was on um, on the Saints roster, I know at least last year at D-Tackle. Uh, yeah, he still gets some play time. So um, I think one of the things that I look at is this. People forget what you know what you do. They, they forget your resume. Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Um, he, he was a starting quarterback for the uh, Washington football team. And what happened? He was a um, – he was he, – he broke his leg when they were 6-3. and three. There were three games on the NFC East that year. And then he broke his leg. And then Colt McCoy was the backup, who's now the backup for the, for the Giants. And after that, Colt McCoy breaks his leg. And so then, if y'all remember, they were leading the AFC East, and then they were playing teams like – I mean, the the who who was the team? They were playing with Josh Johnson as the starting quarterback, like not not reasonable games. So I think what what we look at here is this: you got a situation now where he's back, where he's putting up good numbers, where he's he's managing the game, he can make some throws. He doesn't run as much as he used to, but he's still got solid legs. And I, I, I trust him more than I trust Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones uh, has played pretty well as of late. But he's still somebody who turns the ball over far too much uh, for my liking. And I really expect it to be a situation where the Washington football team, I almost called them a different name. I think they're going to win probably three of their last four, get into a playoffs at eight and eight. You did, you, oh, wait, wait, tell, tell me the four games you see them winning because they still got 49ers this week at, at – uh, Okay, um, that's not going to happen. Then they play Seattle. I expect them to give Seattle all they can handle. I watch Seattle get manhandled by the front, the front of the uh, Giants. Well, the Giants' front is much bigger than the front of Washington. Like you got to understand, the Giants are, are the best defense in the NFC East. Uh, I know you know everybody wants to bring up Washington. No, they're not. The Giants are the Giants are playing Dexter. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dexter Lawrence at, at defensive end. They they are running a defensive line right now. With four people that weigh over thirteen hundred pounds, like they're literally yeah. saying, and, and you're not Lawrence, going anywhere. Dexter <laughs> Lawrence is is a massive human being, obviously from from his days at Clemson. I know that, but here's the other part though: Dexter Lawrence is extremely fast and athletic. So, yeah. so like, I'm not telling you that, that I disagree with your take. I, I think their their line may be bigger, but they're not they're not a better defensive line. And the, the Washington football team as the number one uh, passing defense in the NFL. So I, I fully expect them to be able to do uh, more than, than what um, I expect the um, the Giants to be able to do. I got them winning three of the last four, making the playoffs and winning a playoff game because I think they'll end up matching up. I think <laughs> I'm going to say the Bucks end up winning their last four, and, um, and that's the uh, – that's going to be the, the the way around it. I think that's that's what's going to end up happening. Washington has dropped a third. Right now, the Rams got the number one pass defense, them Steelers, then Washington. 
than your New Orleans Saints. Um, but if you're looking at like overall defensive yards, I mean, them and the Giants, I think the Giants have played uh, a little better schedule so far, but the Giants are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth um, in yards, and they're giving up 22 points per game. Washington's giving up 21.7. So they're basically, you know, a dead heat from defense, and um, I think they played a little stronger schedule. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I just, shout out to my and, and here's one other place I was right. I said before the, the Saquon draft, I said there's no point of you drafting Saquon. You know why? You have a starting running back in Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman was a sixth or fifth round pick, and he had played really well his rookie year. And y'all wasted a pick Saquon, even though Saquon is spectacular as a running back. One of one of the best running back prospects we've seen. Jerry, we, please um, stop it. Don't don't say that Saquon was a bust. No, no, I never said Saquon was a bust. As I said, Saquon is one of the greatest prospects we've seen as a running back. But when you have a second-round pick and you have so many holes in your team, there's no point in spending that on a running back when you already have a starting running back. And as we're seeing with Saquon being out and Wayne Gallman had had it five straight games with a rushing touchdown until this week, and this week he had 16 carries for 135 yards. That's good enough to be your starting running back. You don't need to pay a guy you know, $30 million to be your starting running back when you have all other holes on your team. So this is, isn't a knock on Saquon. I think Saquon's the best running back in, in, in uh, hindsight 2020, though. You know what? I am saying this is a knock on Saquon because everybody was telling me that Saquon didn't have anybody to block for him, and that's why Saquon wasn't putting up the numbers that other great running backs were putting up. And now you got Alfred Morris and Wayne Gallman back there putting up numbers behind the same line that Saquon looked average behind this year. That's, that's the thing. It's not the same line. So um, he didn't play the first few games and look average? Jeremy, the first few games, Andrew Thomas looked like the worst left tackle in the NFL. This week he was voted as the number one left tackle in the league. So that he was a rookie who was starting his at the beginning of his career, who had terrible technique at the beginning. So I'll that's tell you what. Okay, he's he's they've got a left tackle now that is that is so good that he couldn't run around the right side like they're doing right now. Okay. Jeremy, they're not right. Here's the thing. Let's let's not make it seem like like Wayne Gallman torsion. Alfred Morris did nothing. He got two garbage touchdowns after Wayne Gallman ran them all the way down the field inside the 10 yard line. So it's not like it was two guys. And two, it was two runs from Wayne Gallman versus a, a run defense that is pretty good. It's solid. Special. They if you look at their yards per carry outside of those two runs, they were under three yards per carry, and Wayne Gallman broke a couple. But that's the point of, of having Wayne Gallman. And we're not gonna have like Saquon didn't put up like almost two thousand yards last season. Okay. You can you can have Saquon Elliott if you want to. <clears throat> Saquon would be better on the Saints than the Kamara. Jared, there's literally nothing that Saquon does better than Kamara. Stop yes, playing. All right, we uh we let well we still on the on the Giants, but uh let's keep it moving, fellas. Uh let's get into some minute uh some NBA. Uh Harden is a uh, MIA from his training camp right now. Uh, I saw a video today on Instagram of uh, a fan, if I guess you want to call it, pressing up on him, asking if he's going to show up. Doesn't like he's going to show up right now. Um, so with that being said, let's start with you, Jared. Should the Rockets trade Harden? No, they should just buy him a product because they're proud of him, um, a.k.a. little Baby. Uh, I'm not sure if y'all saw what happened this weekend. James Harden was at Lil Baby's birthday. Jerry, you you are uh, officially a dad, and I'll give you that. No, no, maybe you didn't see the video. Um, it the uh, James Harden gave um, he gave Lil Baby a Richard Milley watch, a, a Prada bag, like a uh, duffel, 
and a duffel had was it a hundred G's in it for little baby's birthday. He was in the strip club in Atlanta this weekend with little baby, and uh, little baby I, said, I, "I can probably imagine them. The, those two, both those dudes, are not short of any money." I think it was reported that uh, coming out of COVID, baby's gonna gonna ask for four hundred a show. So I mean, yeah, yeah, most, yeah. So, so um, he got him the Richard Millie watch and the Prada and the and the, the cash, and little baby said he got me a Prada because he said he proud of me. So that was that was baby, not me. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> you know, all right. He he's he's reporting now. Uh, James Harden has got to do um, six straight days of testing uh, negative for COVID for for he is allowed to go to the training camp because he was at the strip club with no mask on. Um, the will style and um, the reality is this we got a situation where you got to trade James Harden and you got to trade him as soon as you possibly can it, you gotta get value for him but the longer he's there the more leverage other teams have right now if you can get a Ben Simmons and you know another player and a first round pick like take take what you can get uh, as much as I like James Harden James Harden there's, there's three things that you you typically don't see one guys who are not in phenomenal shape and i'm not telling you james harden is not in really good shape. so he's in phenomenal shape no J- james harden at the end of the year t- tends to wear down i'm not telling you that he's uh he's in bad shape i don't think he is but i think james harden, he's in as good a shape as any player finish, in the NBA. please okay you just cut me off for an hour but continue no. Uh, yeah, let me, I, I may cut you off out of your statement, not before I finish the statement. This, this is a debate show, so. Yes. Let, let <laughs> nice finish, continue. Just let me finish the statement. That was three times. So, I think James Harden is in the Carmelo Anthony shape-wise. You saw, we saw before Mike D'Antoni got there, James Harden showed up for a season 15 pounds overweight with, with uh, Kevin McHale as the coach. I don't think James Harden is a player who you can rely on this is going to be the athletic player that he is now four years from now, three years from now, maybe. I think he's always going to be able to be a good shooter. He's a 35% three-point shooter. He's not an elite shooter. He just shoots a lot. But he's got a great handle and everything. I think the problem is going to lie in I'm not building a team around James Harden, and I don't trust James Harden's going to get along with another player. If I have a star player, if I'm, let's say, Philly, do I think – that he's going to get there and, oh, man, he's just going to get along with Joel Embiid? Of course not, because who has James Harden gotten along with in his career? And this is why I would love to see James Harden go to the Nets. Um, not because of the fact that, like, it, I think it's stupid to have that many, you know, Hall of Famers on the same team, and, and especially as deep as they are. They'd have to lose a lot of depth. But I think the thing is, I think it'd be an interesting combination because I think it'd be three guys who struggle to get along with a lot of people, and I think it would be a situation where – I, I I don't think it would work. As I said beforehand, I think it would be, um, you know, you got Harden who who every player they pair with him, he's asked for, and it's not worked out yet. You know, it, none of them have worked out. So um, I think you trade as quickly as you possibly can. Uh, I think you find him for the the, the time that he he misses, um, because you, you just can't you can't build a championship culture, especially with a new coach, when you're allowing that kind of behavior to continue. All right. Are you finished? No, <laughs> you can cut me up while I'm talking. Right. Not Jerry, was, you, please stop. Jerry, please you, stop. You're, pretty, you're pretty fluid when you have to say something when Jeremy talks and you guys debate. But you no, want no, to finish no, it, it, was, it was mid 
this. I said, I would compare him and he cut me off. And I said, I would compare him and he cut me off. And I said, I would compare him and he cut me off. I'm like, let me finish the sentence of who I'm comparing him to. Until okay. Yeah. Well, you. I'm. 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 I was trying to save you from making a terrible comparison. Uh, James Harden is in better shape than LeBron James. Right. If you look at it, the amount of shots that James Harden takes on a night in, night out basis, and the amount of effort it takes to get that without anybody getting you a shot, takes more energy than anything that LeBron does on the court on a on a night in, night out basis. Like James Harden is in better shape than probably anybody in the NBA. That's, that's number one. First, number two. He's not though. Number number two. If you put him on the team with Anthony Davis, I tell you, they would have won the ring this year. I thought Anthony Davis was overrated before he got to LeBron. I said he wasn't a top five player in the league before he got to LeBron. Is he a top five player in the league? He is right now. I mean, like, literally half the league was out for you guys. Congratulations. Anyway, if we look at who you're talking about he played with, oh, man, he doesn't get along with these people. Oh, he didn't get along with Dwight Howard. Oh, man, who's gotten along with Dwight Howard? Oh, nobody. Oh, he didn't get along with Chris Paul. Who's got along with Chris Paul? Oh, nobody. He didn't get along with Russell Westbrook on the court. Who has got a lower Russell Westbrook on the court? Oh, nobody. So, overall, this whole narrative that I've heard like 10 people bring up is pure nonsense. But, Jeremy, um, did James Harden ask for Russell Westbrook? He did. So, so if you get your team to give up four first-round picks and Chris Paul to get Russell Westbrook and it doesn't work out, who is that on? Did, 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 LeBron, did LeBron ask for Dwayne Wade? And, and Cleveland, he didn't ask for Dwayne Wade. Dwayne was a free agent. Dwayne Wade signed for veterans minimum. So, so he didn't want to, he, he didn't sign off on Dwayne Wade being on the team. Of course he did. Okay, so why do you want him traded? He because it wasn't trade. working. He wanted he didn't the want him traded. They told him that they, they wanted Seti Osmond to play more minutes. So LeBron said, "I don't want you in your final years to not to just sit on the bench. So we'll do you a favor and trade you back to Miami." That was. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that LeBron is such a martyr. Anyway, um, go ahead and tell us the whole thing. topic. If James Harden went to the Nets, Jared will be complaining about how nobody's had to face as many talented players uh, as LeBron James. J- James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant would beat y'all in four games. James I Harden. How healthy they'd be for an entire season. I don't know <clears throat> their house, I mean, besides maybe Harden. Yeah. Overall, if I'm, the, if I'm Houston, I'm not trading James Harden. Why? Right now, if you trade him, people aren't going to give you the value. You have to sit in and 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 literally let it get uncomfortable. Like, let it get uncomfortable. Like, okay, cool. James, you're not going to play? All right, we got you for another three years. So, at the end of the day, I'm going to sit. And around All-Star break, I'm going to see who needs to make some moves. And I'm going to trade to get the, the value back I want. I'm not trading you where you want to go. I'm trading you where I want you to go. So, at the end of the day, if, I'm wait, if I wait around and – Let's see, who, let's see who's on it. Let's see available in the market. Maybe I can get Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe I can get somebody who's better than Ben Simmons because at the end of the day, Ben Simmons is not that guy. Ben Simmons is, I told you guys this is rookie year. Ben Simmons is point guard uh, Blake Griffin. At the end of the day, he's not going to improve. He's at his peak already. And this is the guy he's going to be. He's not a good enough player for you to build a team around. And if you build a team around Ben Simmons on a team, who, I mean, imagine how bad a roster would be with John Wall, Ben Simmons, Austin Rivers, uh, Eric Gordon and I don't know Robert Covington. Like, li- like literally, you're talking about a team that would not win 25 games. Robert so, Covington has been traded, but Jeremy, Jeremy, here's here's where you're you're missing it. Ben Simmons has improved significantly since his rookie season. Ben Simmons is probably the best defensive player in basketball right now. Uh, he, he guards. Yeah, Blake Griffin made a few improvements, but he didn't improve the stuff he needed to improve. Uh, here's the thing. I think Blake Griffin has improved. Well, <laughs> he just Blake Griffin got injured, and his, his injury took away from his his greatest skill was his athleticism, but. 
with that being said, I'm not telling you is is if you're asking me right now, is Ben Simmons the player that James Harden is? He's not. But here's the thing: Ben Simmons is 23, 24, where whatever that like James Harden is 31, about to turn 32. Like, how much longer do you think? Like, t- typically with guards who are not, I mean, even when they're athletic, if you're not six nine, six eight, they the, the trajectory goes quickly. How quickly did did and Kobe had an injury, but the injury and then boom, he's he's not the same guy. Dwayne Wade had injuries, but one year he was great, next year he was not. Like you you typically see these guys, Clyde Drexler, whoever it is, go back through history. If they're not that big of enough, enough of a guy to where they can kind of play the small forward position, when they go and the athleticism goes, it goes quickly. So I Personally, I don't think James Harden is a player you can build a championship team around. I don't think so. You can say, "Oh, now, now that we were saying ben, that that uh, Anthony Davis was top five most overrated players in the league, that now oh, if James Harden played with him, he would have won a title." When you you say you thought it was a better chance they missed the playoffs and they were going to win the title, but and, and what was that based on? Was that based on injury? And, and oh, by the way, uh, Jeremy, you, it was, it was, you can say it was injury. No, I, said, said, I said it was based on said, injury. I said LeBron would likely be end up playing with nobody uh, after we still got injured. They would probably miss Jeremy, the playoffs. You also said neither one of them were top ten players in the league. Uh, that was not true. I said they weren't top five players in the league. Stop, stop lying. Anyway, uh, um, anything any about LeBron not being a top anything in the league is is blasphemous. Uh, at the end of the day, they, they won a they won a bubble title. Um, we can get into how it wasn't nearly the tough the toughest the toughest rings ever as LeBron. Jeremy, was. Jeremy, you can't what? say a bubble title. I can't say a bubble title. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, like, you're talking about a, a guy in the 17th year that allowed to take five months off and come back and play 27 games to win the title. That seems pretty easy to me for a um, for a superstar. Jeremy, Imagine who did that for Kobe well, who, or Jordan. Jeremy, answer this question: Who was the best yes. team beforehand? Uh, the Bucks. No, they weren't. You know, they weren't. Now, when when it happened, was was the best teams in the league were the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers. Correct. Yeah. Was Paul George not out with a shoulder injury when the when the when the pandemic yeah, happened? Man. Yeah, yeah, he was out with a shoulder injury. Real quick, I'm, wait, I'm, before you go in further, I'm arguing that Paul George coming back from that shoulder injury it hurt the Clippers. So here's what was Kawhi not dealing with all he needs as he usually is? He was dealing with that in the playoffs too. That's just Kawhi's knee. So so the rest helped the Clippers. All right, the 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 Bucks was Giannis. No 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 no. The rest did not help the Clippers. You had Lou Williams who was playing very good basketball. You had um, the guy Montrez Harold that was playing good basketball. Literally, they they were winning games off of that bench being the best bench of basketball. When they got to the bubble, their bench was absolutely non-existent. They, they did not, the rest did not help the, help the Clippers. Okay, so health-wise, it helped the Clippers. Bucks-wise, it, Giannis was out when, when the pandemic started. And he was going to be out for the, at least a couple weeks. It helped him health-wise. It's just that some people couldn't deal with the, the, the obstacles. But, hey, at the end of the day, you trade Harden. I think you get the best value you can get because if you say you're in trading where he doesn't want to go, you're not going to get the value back because nobody's going to trade for James Harden when they know he doesn't want to be there and he might hold out. All right, fellas, let's uh, let's get into what I, I really wanted to discuss. Uh, Kyrie made a statement this past week. Um, just really just okay. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's actually um, a great segue as to what LeBron did after this statement. But continue. Yeah, but uh, Kyrie made a statement saying that uh, KD was uh, 
was more clutch than LeBron. And LeBron got on uh, some platform. I don't know what platform. Um, but uh, he was uh, his feelings were a little hurt. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy. What do you think about this comment? And what do you think about LeBron uh, being in his feelings about it? Uh, I'll be 100% honest. It's not surprising. I mean, LeBron, first off, LeBron might be the most entertaining person in sports because on a weekly, daily, monthly basis, he spills his guts about something um, else. And generally, it's about how great he is. Uh, and then every once in a while, he comes out with a with a gem like this. Kyrie <laughs> said he only feels comfortable passing the ball to KD now because he's never felt comfortable in the past passing to anybody for a last second shot. He felt like he was the best player to take that shot. Now, just because Kyrie felt that way doesn't make it true. No, it doesn't. However, is anybody actually arguing that you don't believe Kyrie actually believes that? So that's what Kyrie believes, and he's looking at it from his point of view. You shouldn't be surprised. Like, I, I don't get this whole narrative why LeBron feels like he and Kyrie had this great relationship. From what everybody says, they didn't. Everybody says Kyrie did not like LeBron, and it's pretty obvious that he didn't. And so when Kyrie makes statements like this, if you were really secure about yourself, you don't have to take offense to it. I mean, you can say, hey, I'm going to bust him next time I play. That's what MJ would have done or Kobe would have done or any of these guys would have done. But instead, LeBron had his feelings hurt about him because he wants to be best friends with everybody. So um, at the end of the day, I'm not exactly sure why he had, you know, this this feeling. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I um I saw Gary Payton um, did a uh, – what was it? Not the undefeated. What's the, um, the thing with the Players' Tribune? Where he talked about his rookie year, he's playing against the Bulls, and he felt like he was the greatest player ever. And he played against uh, the Bulls, and he had like 17 points in a preseason game. And he was talking junk to everybody. MJ was on the bench for most of the game, and he was telling MJ how he bust him, and he was telling uh, oh, he was talking junk to everybody on the floor. So he said, um, you know, the game starts and uh, or they're about to play in the regular season. It's like weeks, like the 17th game of the season. So um, he said they're about to play. And before uh, anything goes, he said he walks up and he tells B.J. Armstrong, hey, I got a little man all day. And he said Jordan literally scored every time he went up the floor and Gary Payton didn't have a single point. And he said, I got pulled out of the game because he was, uh, he was like pretty much just abusing me the entire game. And he came to the sideline, uh, drew the timeout and said, Hey, Rook, you're talking a lot during the preseason, huh? <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> That's what MJ would have done in this situation. You have to understand there's yeah. levels to this, and that's why LeBron's not the GOAT. I LeBron, mean, I, I, I said this off air, but I, I wish LeBron would just let his greatness speak for himself instead of him trying yeah. to co-sign his greatness so hard. We are we all know LeBron's great. He's gonna go down as but we don't. three best player of all time. But, but just like let that happen. Here, don't don't why, try to coat on to yourself. Here's why he doesn't. It's because LeBron is graded on because he's corny. Because he's LeBron's graded on a scale that nobody else is graded on. LeBron is graded on, still on a, a per game basis. If LeBron LeBron passed up the, the shot and let let uh, AD shoot it. Oh, see, Jordan would have never passed up a shot. Okay, what about uh, Steve Kerr? Oh no, but that, that's one thing. What about John Paxson? Oh, that's one thing. Nobody nobody is graded 
on the critique. And we're and when we say, oh, Jordan would have been able to handle it, one, Jordan admitted he wouldn't be able to handle it. But two, we're talking about the same Michael Jordan who retired because he was tired of the scrutiny. Literally, he retired to go play baseball. And he, even on the last, last dance, he said, I don't know if, how, how much longer I'm going to be able to deal with this. All the, because there were people were him about the, the gambling situation. Yeah, you can make that argument, but he was still winning every title. Like, LeBron's not doing he that. He should win every, every title. That team, the best team they beat during his last title run was the Knicks. The Knicks basically lost to the Bulls the next season without him. So I'm not telling you that, hey, look. So it wasn't the, pay, it wasn't the, um, the Suns that won 63 games that season? If, if you want to say it was the Suns, I think you can make an argument, but I, I watched the series with the Suns. Suns weren't that good. So they, had the, they had the league MVP, and they had two All-Stars. One of them was another, one of the other Dan, players was an All-NBA Dan player. Kyle Korver All-Star. Like, is, was he good? Yeah. Dan Marley made four All-Star teams. He was not a Kyle Korver All-Star. Dan Marley was a, a good shooter. Dan Marley was not uh, – if we're matching up those teams, if you, took, if you took Jordan off the team and you took Barkley off the team, the Bulls would win those series. Hands they would not. They would. It's just the way it is. So, I, I mean, the reality is this. You got to look at it and say, all right, how, like we'll go back to the statements. First off, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about Kyrie skipped his media session days because he said, you know, I would rather put out a statement so that nobody misconstrues what I say. Because he said, and this is the thing that, that I have no problem with Kyrie's comments about, about KD. I mean, they're utterly ridiculous because if you take off LeBron James out of, out of Kyrie's resume, his resume is significantly worse than John Wall's. Every category. If you take LeBron James off, off of Kyrie's resume, Kyrie's played with probably – he's the best player Kyrie's played with might be as good as the 27th player that LeBron's played with. Lord Ding, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Which one of them is an all-star? Lord Ding was an all-star. Not when he played with uh, Kyrie? He, he was an all-star with the Bulls and got traded midseason. Okay, so are we are we, are we counting Shaq playing, playing with LeBron? Yeah. Or are we, are we counting Ben Wallace? This. Are we counting all them? I'm, I'm telling you, John Wall made the playoffs before Bradley Beal was was an All Star. Bradley Beal was an All Star when they were making All Star t- uh, when they when they were winning playoff games. And so I think when we look at it and we say, "All right, Kyrie, I get what you're saying," but that's just and if that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. But one, if you feel that way, keep that same energy because Kyrie didn't keep that same energy. What did Kyrie Irving say after the fact? Ah, uh, see, this has all been misconstrued by the media. Why I didn't mention if I wanted to mention his name or mention somebody's name, I would mention their but, name specifically. Jared, and, but listen, Kyrie knows what he's doing. He's trolling, and then LeBron took the bait. No, no, it's he not can't about, help himself. No, it's not about trolling. Here's the thing: Kyrie thinks he's smarter than everybody else. He's the guy who has the two, two, three degrees in philosophical studies, and then comes back and tries to tell you about the world. And all he's done is live on his mom's couch. That's the guy, like Kyrie, the the guy who said, oh, the world was flat. And then afterwards said, no, no, I wasn't really saying the world was flat. I was just trying to make a philosophical point about you got to second guess things. No, you weren't. You were saying the world was flat. Until no, you- he, he, said, he said in an interview that he watched this whole YouTube thing and it took it down a rabbit hole that he, was, he thought like, man, this is really true. The world is flat. Like he, he admitted that in an interview. Here's, here's the thing, though. I think we we have to get past the point to where we give Kyrie any. First off, like if Kyrie Kyrie's like I didn't say that that I I didn't mention LeBron. If I wanted to mention somebody's name, I would have mentioned the name. Okay, cool. If I say Nicole's the first woman I've ever dated who I feel like I can actually trust, 
am I do I have to mention all my ex-girlfriends names for them to realize that I that I'm including them in that conversation? So like But Jerry, if you did, your ex-girlfriends probably wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. No, that's, that's the thing. Your perfect analogy. Why does LeBron care? Because he knows that Kyrie bailed him out in every clutch situation. First off, Kyrie made one shot their entire time together. That, Jared, that was, stop it. No, like, he made Just one. Stop it. He made one shot in the final twenty-four seconds their entire time they were together. That, that's the facts. Secondly, it's it's, it's, it's widely known, Jared, that LeBron passed to Kyrie and Kyrie was the closer. You've admitted that. I'm pretty you know, sure over one hundred and two episodes we've done, you've admitted that Kyrie was the closer when they no, played together. I, I've I've said he was not the closer, and that Kyrie hit one shot. And LeBron had 11 of the 19 points in the fourth quarter. So you're saying on record, uh, in general, and, and when they played together, basketball yeah, Kyrie basketball. was not the closer. Kyrie was never the closer. Oh, my God. First off, <laughs> to, to be the closer, you have to hit one shot. Secondly, LeBron took more shots, and he made more shots during that period of time. That's just facts. Sorry, I had to drink some water. The fact of the matter is this. During the time they were together, shots in the last 10 seconds to tie or win the game. Kyrie was one of eleven. LeBron James was five of fourteen during their time together. During their playoff careers, Kyrie, outside of time with LeBron, has never hit a playoff game winner or a shot of that magnitude. So, I just think the the just off, I know those stats wrong just off the top of my head because I remember specifically two two scenarios. One of them, Christmas Day, where they were playing against the Warriors a year after they won the title, and Kyrie hit that shot over Clay Thompson. Another one. When they played San against Antonio the Spurs, Spurs, they were up yeah. one point when he hit the shot. You told me when he scored 58 and then when he yes. hit the shot to go to overtime? The the shot the, that, that shot didn't go over. He he hit the shot uh as play. Oh, you said the last last five seconds of the game. Yeah. I mean, because he hit a shot to go to overtime, it doesn't count. No, if it's not last 10 seconds, that's not that's not included in the stat. Okay. But the, the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I mean, you I'm sure you can expound on the stat, but the reality is. That just goes to show, if you're looking at numbers, if, if Kyrie feels more comfortable, it's it's more of an indictment on Kyrie. If I say, if Warren Buffett is my financial partner, and I say, you know what, this guy down the street who owns a couple houses, I feel more comfortable with him, that probably means my level of awareness is pretty low. And with- it's not That's not the case, though. It's more of, even though Mark Zuckerberg was the first person to code Facebook, the coders at Facebook still feel like they're better coders than Mark Zuckerberg. So that, that, that's what Kyrie is saying. He is not that, hey, I'm Warren Buffett. But what if you're not? What if you haven't proven anything? Like, outside of being with LeBron, has Kyrie hit? What's his biggest basketball accomplishment? Making the second round of the NCAA tournament? Winning the FIBA MVP? Um, winning the All-Star winning game? Winning the championship for LeBron? Win a championship for a guy who who led the team every team in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, like and that. turnovers and minutes by a lot. Because uh, he came in like Manny Ramirez and closed it out for y'all. <laughs> uh, Manny Ramirez wasn't a pitcher, but hey, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, what's my boy from, from Mariana Rivera? So uh, yeah. Rivera, same thing. Here, here's the point. We can we can make all the the myths about Kyrie and, and his one shot, but take away that. First off, people forget how bad he was during the playoffs that run, and he had three. He had three really great games back to back to back, and he had one other one that was great. In the finals, he played four good games. They won all four of them. LeBron played six good games that series. They lost. So, so Kyrie played four played four good games, but somehow managed to average twenty seven, 
on 47% shooting, 42. The last three, he averaged 40, 41. He had, 40, he had 42, 42, and 38. And, and keep in mind, he was going against the league MVP, and LeBron was going against Draymond, and Draymond was Draymond was the best basketball. player of the year, and, Ky- and Kyrie was going versus Steph, who's a terrible defender. Well, no, no, no. Well, LeBron didn't start going off until the rim protector got, to, got, got going for the series. Really? Because I, I, I thought for sure that LeBron had had multiple 30-point games up until that point. Yeah, I mean, he might have thirty point games if he wasn't doing them efficiently. This is like the series before. I mean, everybody goes. It, it was it was like the, when the Kyrie wasn't there, and people said, "Oh man, you know, LeBron should have been the Finals MVP. He averaged thirty five. I said, "Yeah, he averaged thirty four shots. He he missed more shots in that series than anybody in any final series in history." Oh, agree, and when people were trying to make an argument that he whenever, was the Finals MVP. He was the Finals MVP because literally they won two games off of his his, his dominance, and then the only reason he fell off was because Matthew Dellavedova has to go to the hospital because he's so dehydrated because of the fact he wasn't used to playing that kind of minutes. So uh, all, all I'll say is this. I have no problem with Kyrie's comments. I just always feel like you should keep that smoke. If you're going to say that, stop behind the comments. Say, yes, I believe that. Or, yes, I think I was a better person taking that shot than LeBron. Don't say, I wasn't. I never mentioned LeBron's name. Stand behind those comments. But here, here's the thing, though. addressing Le- how sensitive you're standing. Yeah. And, Why and, and the thing about, is, about yeah. how LeBron being so sensitive? Why can't he just let it, let it, was it, let it fly? Yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing about it is, LeBron, the, the LeBron, the LeBron media, the LeBron media, you know, you know what, you know what, uh, uh, somebody will let it fly would say, you know, I wish Kyrie the best. He has a right to his opinion, and then keep it moving. Like you ain't got to be yeah. in your feelings, bro. Don't act like you have to be in your feelings because you get asked a question. I don't like, think. Like, I don't talk about your boy, your boy being sensitive. I don't think he was yeah. in feelings. I think he. As as if you listen, he to said him, that hurt. He said it hurt a little bit. He said because of the fact that it hurt. Here's the: I don't think that's been. I don't think that's been in your feelings. I think okay. So if you tell me that you hurt, you're not in your feelings. No, that's that, why is that in my feelings? Jared, stop it. Listen, his his exact statement was: I feel like my whole the whole time we were together, my goal was to try to do the best for Kyrie. I feel like I tried to make him into a better player, and for some reason. We never, we never meshed. So, Jared, in that same scenario, that that analogy you you came with, with talking about, you know, your ex girlfriends or whatever. So, if if somebody, if you would have said that out loud, and you're in a public eye, and then one of your ex girlfriends replied and said, "You know what? I thought we were so good together. And I don't know why you would say that. You would say that she's not being in her feelings." Well, well listen, the, the difference is this. I use, that, I use that analogy about ex girlfriends, just saying. That would be I would be listing them in that conversation. I think ex teammates and ex girlfriends are very very comfortable. Yeah, no, it's not very comfortable. Damon, name me an ex girlfriend you get along with. Um, I get along with. Yeah, I mean, I don't, we saw we saw one of my ex girlfriends at a football game. We spoke like that has nothing but, to do with. But, but here's I don't the thing. expect her if I, I first here's of all, the, do, do you go on vacation with any of your ex girlfriends? Jared, why? But, you but here's the questions. Well, well, here's, yeah. here's the thing, because LeBron and his ex-teammates, whose podcast was he on? He was on Richard Jefferson, his former teammate's podcast. LeBron James gets along with nearly every teammate. So if you uh, – yeah, let, let, let me ask you a question. What does that have to do with anything? Wait, 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 but LeBron, throughout his – if you look at whoever he hangs out with, he hangs out with the same crew he had from high school. He has He's brought all those guys along. So when you look at LeBron, LeBron expects a level of loyalty, and he keeps a level of loyalty 
with those. He sounds it sounds very familiar to somebody that just lost the presidency, right? Yeah, it does. So basically, yeah, so basically, if you're not sucking me off, quote unquote, hate to use that language, then you know what? I don't, I don't get it. Like, why why are you not on my team? Huh? It's not about Let me ask you a question. Let me get in here. But Jeremy, your final statements and Jerry, your final statements. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. So Everybody's been bringing it up. Well, he gets along so, so well with all his teammates, and Kyrie's jealous and all. Why did LeBron and Dwayne Wade end up on the same team? Oh, because they plan to be together. They had a discussion. They all decided they're going to go join Dwayne Wade. And then, how did Anthony Davis end up on the team with him? How did ninety-five percent of the people on the team with LeBron, end up on the team with LeBron? It was either LeBron was they were there because LeBron wanted them to be there, and he asked for them to be signed there, or he was friends with them before, and they came on the team. How did him and Kyrie end up being on, on the team together? Oh. Kyrie signed an extension, and 11 days later, without talking to Kyrie, after they told Kyrie he was going to be the why focal point of the team. Who is Kyrie? Here's the reason why he was. Let me finish that statement, though. So if, if you go. If if you if Kyrie signs an extension for this to be his team, you don't have a conversation with him. You announce you're going back to Cleveland, and now Kyrie's got to play off ball, and Kyrie's got to adjust to you. Then there's reason why Kyrie doesn't want to be with you, and there might be a reason why he feels differently towards you than all these other people who agreed to go with you before they ended up over there. And that's why when you say, "Oh man, he has all these great relationships," and he doesn't, he doesn't know why it's not this without Kyrie, it's not the same. But Jimmy, I, here's the difference, though. There are plenty of people who have been traded to play with LeBron. They still get along. Was Jared Smith and was, did did the Knicks consult him before they traded him to the to the Cavs? No. Did Richard Jefferson get consulted when he got traded to the Cavs? No. What did about Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas and uh, Jay Crowder said before he got there he didn't f with LeBron didn't want to go. So that's different. <laughs> the is this? How I many? I'm not telling you he doesn't feel any way that he, differently than he feels. That however he feels is how he feels. Great for Kyrie. But here's the thing. Kyrie Irving, no, nobody in the history of, of sports has been helped more by a two-week stretch than Kyrie Irving's legacy. Because if you take those two weeks out, Kyrie Irving has not been as good as Gilbert Arenas. Kyrie Irving's not Sure, quit playing. Jimmy, what, tell me what year Kyrie Irving averaged 30 points a game, played on a bad team, and let them pass the first round of the playoffs. Jerry, didn't take 47 shots a game. Kyrie take eight, takes, takes less shots per game. Than Gilbert Arenas did in any season. Kyrie, like, literally. Kyrie Irving is injured more than he plays. Kyrie Irving Jeremy. was ranked 26th in the in the ESPN poll. Yes, the ESPN poll was terrible. I thought he should have been ranked not top 40. I, I personally would not rank Kyrie in the top 40 players in the league. Jerry, if you, t- if, you take out, if you take out two minutes of LeBron James history, the Ray Allen shot and the Kyrie shot, he would not be considered a top 10 player of all time. So please stop. Jeremy, why, well, first off, why were they in that position? Who who scored one points in the fourth quarter to get them to that position? For Ray Allen shot. Oh, it was LeBron. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, it was LeBron that put him in that position because he turned the ball over three times in the last two minutes. But then did he not hit the three-pointer to make it a three-point game before Ray Allen shot? Oh, oh you told him when he missed it and, and his teammate grabbed a rebound and kicked him out to him for a second chance? Yeah, he made that one. So he hit it. Right, so he hit the three-pointer. <laughs> and, three and then the Kyrie, oh, well, he, he, Kyrie made the shot. Oh, who scored 60% of the points in that quarter? Oh, it was LeBron. Oh, who, I, the, the, the who took 60% of the shots? He didn't take no sixty percent of shots. He was three. He took eleven shots. He was five of eleven in the fourth quarter. I thought it was three eight, three for eight. Even if he's five for eleven, he shot forty five percent. That means the rest of the team took 
was was what two for a thousand. So the fact of the matter is this: you can make whatever statement you want. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see the Nets play the Lakers because here's the real the real issue. I'm not sure. I, I think KD is going to be really good. Do I think he's going to be old KD? No, but I think he's still going to be top ten player in the league, somewhere between six and ten. But I think the reality is this: there's going to be an exposure. The Nets last year with Kyrie were worse than they were without him. The Celtics the year before were worse with Kyrie than they were without him. And I think except, except they were top t- he had a top ten plus minus, and when he was off the court, they were they were negative, but they, they were better without him. No, no, they weren't. They won more games when he was off the court. Yeah, but if you look at the time when he was actually off the court during games, like they count that one game where they don't count it against him, where he was we were up twenty eight points against the Clippers, he got injured and then they lost the lead and lost the game. Well, that doesn't count against them because, oh, wow, because Kyrie played that game. Yeah, but the reason they lost is because nobody else could play when Kyrie got off the floor. Last, the reason why they couldn't the reason statement. why they couldn't be the Raptors is because Kyrie wasn't on the team. The last statement about this, Jeremy, if you're going to make that argument, you have to take, make the argument that Kyrie, for his entire time he was with LeBron, had a negative plus minus when LeBron was off the floor. And if you look at LeBron, Kyrie for his playoff career. Bit around Kyrie. And, and if you look at Kyrie for his playoff career, as many wins as he's had, as many playoff series as he's won, including the series with LeBron, even today, take the minutes that LeBron's off the floor and he's negative plus minus for his career. This will happen when the team's built around one player. All right, fellas, definitely uh, a lot of uh, interesting thoughts about this Kyrie-LeBron uh, Kyrie convo, but let's get into some bets. Uh, let's start with Jared. He was down $600 for the week. We uh, he, he discussed a little earlier that he, he was, uh, had a rough week on the, on the bets, but still up 200 for the season, which is great. Uh, Jeremy plus two hundred for the week and up two hundred for the season, so it looks like we're deadlocked and tied. Okay, um, let's start with you, Jared. Who uh, who let you down this week and what you got going on next week? So um, here's here's the reality: my picks have been sporadic, and by sporadic, I mean one week they're great, and the next week they're not, and then the next week they're great, and the next week they're not. I've alternated winning and losing weeks the last six straight weeks, so I'm due right now for a, a pretty big week. Um, what happened last week? Um, some unfortunate situations. One, the Texans, I needed to cover three and a half points. They were down six. Deshaun with nobody around him, drove them all the way down the field to score, excuse me, score a touchdown to take the lead, which would have assuredly given me at least a cover. And the center Nick Martin snapped the ball two yards to the left and below his kneecaps for a fumble, which lost them the game. Um, not to mention an interception that they gave to Deshaun Watson, ending his interception streak at three, 237 consecutive passes without a pick because he threw a ball to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks caught it, took two steps, a knee, then went down to the ground, and the DB took the ball off his chest after he looked like he was concussed, and somehow that became an interception for Deshaun. Um, so that game was a, a game that really screwed me over. Um, next, game I won. I, I told you guys, Justin Herbert and the Chargers were playing versus Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick dominates rookie quarterbacks if your name isn't Deshaun Watson, exact statement. And if you look at that game, it was a utter domination. That was one they didn't cover. I picked the Titans to cover versus the Browns. Uh, and why did I pick that? Because Baker Mayfield stinks. That's what I said. And what happened? He comes out and has the greatest game of his entire life. Hmm. Woe is me. They get up 30, they score 38 points in the first half. Um, I mean, just pathetic performance by the Titans. I knew their secondary was bad, but that was abysmal. Next, I 
the Cardinals to, to cover. They were plus two and a half versus the Rams. I said that bet I didn't really like, but it was the closest one I liked on the board. Um, it was still a bad pick. You just can't make that one. And then lastly, I had the 49ers versus the, the Bills. I thought they would be able to punk the Bills physically because the Bills have looked soft recently, but they weren't able to. Uh, they were, were the ones that got punked. Their defensive line could not cre- create any pass rush, and it was as if they had never watched, uh, you know, a, a single game of uh, of what's my guy, Josh Allen. He rolls to his right every time he's about to throw, and for some reason they couldn't figure it out. They kept just sitting there and be like, oh, "Okay, cool, we'll we'll just rush you from that side," and then you know, he uh, they kept rushing from the right side on their side, which is his left. He kept escaping out to the right and. You know, it was it was it was bad news. So, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, that that was a uh, it was a tough tough week of bets. But I'll bounce back. I'm I'm not really too concerned about that. I think this week the numbers are going to be uh, all in my favor. All right, Jimmy, what you got, man? Up two hundred for the week and a positive for the season, man. What you what happened last week? And what you got going on this week? So, since Jared was giving so much credit to Sean, I'm going to say the reason why my bets didn't work out. I bet Deshaun and he did not come through for me because the Texans did not cover. Um, so that was when I bet as well. Um, he played he played well, but I mean, hey, Jared keeps believing in the Texans. I keep telling him there can only be one me. Uh, no, I'm not gonna go use any R Kelly quote. So yeah, um, huh? So the next game I lost. I had uh, Henry Ruggs cost me that game. So I had a parlay, three game parlay. Uh, Two of them covered. The Saints covered. Um, the Dolphins covered. And last game was the Raiders. And they were up by 12 points. They need to cover eight. They give up a touchdown. And so they're not covering. And then Henry – and the reason why they gave up their, their first points was because Henry Ruggs dropped a pass that went directly through his hands and it got intercepted. And then when they're going back down the score to go up again, then he fumbled the football. And uh, then they got a, a roughing or a roughing the pass to call the next possession. They get down, so basically, um, you know, the game's kind of out of reach for the cover. And then obviously, Greg Williams calls an all-out blitz. Um, quick, let me quickly touch on that. I know a lot of people brought up Greg Williams and said this is the dumbest call ever. I can give you at least twelve situations where Greg Williams has made dumber calls. Please, let's not just call this out and say, "Oh man, he was taking." Just the first one off the top of my head, two thousand. 12, January 14th, Saints playing 49ers, 13-3 and three team versus 13-3 team in the playoffs. Saints score a touchdown to go up uh, four points with a minute 35 left. Um, they tackle them on a kickoff return at the 15. They go 18 yards in uh, from a minute 35 to 40 seconds left. So in 55 seconds of playing coverage, they went 18 yards. In the very next play, with no timeouts and 40 seconds left, and them on their own 33-yard line, he calls a zero blitz in. Vernon Davis goes 60 yards down to the Saints 20, and you know what happens from there. So uh, Greg Williams has done that plenty of times, so I'm not surprised at all, but that was another one I didn't cover. But as far as the games I covered, I covered Dolphins um, minus 11. That was close. They only won by 12. I covered Saints uh, minus 3. Um, that game was closer at the end than it, than it needed to be. A missed short field goal and a fumble on our own five-yard line uh, made the game a little closer, uh, but we still covered. And then lastly, uh, I bet the Green Bay Packers because they were playing uh, against the Eagles, and the Eagles are trash. So um, three and uh, three and two this week, plus 200, and I look to continue that on. 
so let's get it going. I'll go ahead and go through my picks. So this week, the easiest line of the week, Saints minus seven against the Eagles, who are playing Jalen Hurts. This is going to be ugly. I'm telling you now, I would I'm I'm thinking about doing an alternative line and taking it at like minus 14. Um, just so I can get some extra juice on that. It's it's gonna be very, very ugly. Um, I'm I'm assuming we'll win the game by at least 25 points. Another game that I'm gonna bet. Um, and, and just in case you're wondering, I like to look at um, how good you are against the spread. So, um, for example, the Kansas City Chiefs have won a lot. They're eleven and one. They're six and six against the spread, but they're playing the Dolphins, who are eight and four and nine and three against the spread this year. I don't like the Chiefs um, minus seven in this game. I think the Dolphins' defense will hang in. Um, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than that, and I think uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins on that end plus seven points. Um, if you're looking at but also, if I was looking at that game, I would look at it and say, hey, that looks like a good tease. I actually already had that for a tease. Tease down to minus one. Um, continuing to look forward, um, I like the Texans minus one and a half against the Bears. I mean, the Bears' defense has pretty much just quit. I mean, they couldn't stop um, Matt Stafford last week. So, I mean, they're definitely not going to stop um, Deshaun, although you guys are four and eight and four and eight. It gets spread. So, please come through for me on that end. Um, another game I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet the Minnesota Vikings uh, plus six and a half against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is coming off of a bye. If they lose this game, um, they will be behind the Vikings because they'll both be seven and six, um, and they'll have they'll lose the tiebreaker. If the Cardinals win this week, I, I'm pretty sure the Tampa will be in the seventh spot if Minnesota beats them because they'll have the same record. And I think they'll have a better conference or a better division record. But Tampa's at least going to lose to the Falcons once, so they better win this game, or they're going to probably lose, miss, the, miss the playoffs. Um, and lastly. This is the game I always go with. It's going to be the Packers against the Lions because I don't trust the Lions. The Lions are pure trash. Uh, the Packers are playing pretty good football. Um, they're going to be inside of a dome. Aaron Rodgers is playing spectacularly, and uh, I think he's going to throw for a lot of yards. So um, that's going to be my last pick, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So uh, I, I I can't say you got some bad picks in there. I, I actually uh, I like a, a few of yours. I think I got about three of the same ones. Um Let's go through uh, through these real quick. All right, first, I do agree with your uh, your Saints. I mean, the reality is this: y'all playing the Eagles. Although I really don't trust, um, you know, I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to provide, you know, a little bit of spark to that team. Um, I don't trust that to be the difference between winning or losing or or being close to a cover. So, I'm going to go ahead and, and and take you guys with the seven. Um, I think also. Uh, uh, we're there. Their defense is playing pretty well. I just don't trust their ability to be able to uh, to get a stop. You know, like they're uh, versus the Saints. The Saints provide a, a lot of uh, weirdness. I'll say. I, I, but the only way I can say it is they provide a lot of variations. And although I don't think the Saints' offense is playing as well as they they were with Drew Brees, I think they're playing well enough to be able to to cause some issues. So I'm gonna go with the. Um, Saints to cover the seven points. Book that. Of course, I'm taking my Texans. Um, Deshaun, look, man, when you talk about winning with with deck chairs, Deshaun had three guys on the team who were on the practice squad two weeks ago and threw for 341 yards, had a rushing touchdown, had a, drove him down on the last drive to the two-yard line for a terrible snap, had an interception that was utter nonsense called against him. And, and – just balled out. I mean, straight out balled out. So um, 
I expect him to be able to do the same. Brandon Cooks, <laughs> I was a little nervous that it was a concussion, but um, apparently it wasn't. It wasn't one. So, um, no, that's all good news. So, uh, reality is, I expect our offense to be able to put up some some pretty big time stats and um, you know come through. Um, next game. So, this one I feel really really good about, and this is the third one I agree with you on. The Lions are terrible, man. And they did win last week. Yeah, they won last week. But they were down a ton. And the Packers, I just don't see them letting them stay around. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Packers minus seven and a half. Again, the, the Texans line was one. Um, so uh, that's the third one. Next game, I feel really good about this one. I'm taking the Ravens minus one versus the Browns. Now, the game is in, um, the game is in Cleveland. Here's the thing. There's a lot of people who know how to win. There's not a uh, how to lose. There's not a lot of people who know how to win. And by that, I mean this. It's a lot easier to dust your shoes off and say, oh, you know what? That was just a, a you know, one week, blah, 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 blah. Let's get back, back together. The problem is when you know and you know that, hey, you know, we, we, we're starting to hear some good noise. You know, Baker Mayfield comes out talking about how, how kind of, I, I've never listened to these naysayers. I just do what I do. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to see because y'all played the Ravens earlier this year and got beat 38, 38 to 6. And now y'all playing them again. And right now, the Ravens are the more desperate team. The the Browns. Jerry, can I add one thing? Yeah. So I saw Max Kellerman from uh, First Tech and a few other people bring up his quote where he said, I asked myself, would an idiot do that? And if an idiot would, I don't do that thing. And they thought of, they, they brought it up as if that was an actual Baker Mayfield quote. And if you don't know, Baker Mayfield brings up quotes from shows. That's Dwight Schrute from The Office. He's literally just throwing out an office quote. And people are taking it as if that was a serious quote directly from Baker Mayfield, which is absolutely silly. But continue. That's it. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, but but here's the thing. If, if you're Baker Mayfield, he played the best offensive game he's he's played in his life. And that's not an exaggeration. It's the best game he's played in his life. And I watched him the previous week not be able to make completions to guys who I could literally make the pass for. And I'm not exaggerating. There were passes I could have made. Um, so I think we're you know we're at the point where it's gonna be a um it's gonna be a long, a long time before uh before the Ravens lose to the Browns. I just don't see that happening. So uh, book that. Lastly, um, last bet that I feel really, really good about, I think the Chargers are going to bounce back. They're at home. They're playing the Falcons. I don't trust the Falcons. And we're in a situation where you're playing versus a team that got embarrassed on national television. Always bet that team the following week. That team usually plays well. So uh, I'm going to book that. And um uh, Go to the bank with my uh, my check, you know, five for five, stack. Okay, so yeah, I, I can tell I can tell you for sure you're gonna lose that last game. The Falcons, and the reason why I tell you that, the Falcons always do this. They always wait until they get out of playoff contention and then win a bunch of games so they get worse picks. That is the Falcon thing to do. Losing would make way too much sense. No, they're they're uh they're just not very good. Like that's that's Falcons, really... the Falcons aren't bad. Uh, they 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 have a Matt Ryan problem. That, uh, I've said that I, I said at the time, and nobody listened. And you watched the game, you would have known this made sense perfectly. I said all the Falcons need to do is trade Matt Ryan to the 49ers and uh, so that Kyle Shanahan gets Matt Matt Ryan, and they can get 
Justin Fields or whoever. And they ruined it. I mean, that, that was a perfect opportunity for both teams. Now the 49ers are out here with a team that's probably good enough to win something, but with Nick Mullins starting at quarterback. Um, and then the freaking Falcons are out here, I mean, looking like Ricky Bobby. I mean, the Falcons are averaging 26 points per game, and they're 11th in the league in, uh, in yards per game. So I don't – I mean, they're, they're a decent offense. It's not like they're, you know, trash or something. But, I mean, they're actually averaging more points than the Texans this season. I mean, they should. They have Julio uh, Jones and Calvin Ridley and Ty Gurley and an offensive line that can run the ball. Should average more points. And <laughs> and a better offensive coach. <laughs> well, all right, fellas. Y'all got any uh, any parting thoughts when we get up out of here for the listeners this week? Uh, I, I will tell you this. Um, prayer for Justin Ross, my uh, Clemson wide receiver who uh, obviously was looking like a first-round pick. Um be uh b- before the he they he got injured during the um the season and it looked like it was a um like a stinger kind of injury and um it ended up being where he was born with some weird medical condition uh where his spine there was something where they needed some kind of fusion so he got it done um and he went to the doctor yesterday in Pittsburgh that performed surgery um he hasn't announced his results yet but uh, prayers that everything turned out good because if it is, uh, there were some reports that he could be playing the ACC championship game. I've been, uh, I've, I've seen some other places where that's not true, even though Chris Fowler said it. Um, but you know, there's if if he's healthy, he should be able to come back and um, and and play um, next season and, and and you know become a first round pick. So uh, probably a top five, top ten pick. So um, prayers out for him, man. Always good to see uh see young people get paid, young get paid. Yeah, man. Shout out to yeah. Justin Ross, man. Quick recovery for him. Uh Jim, yeah. you got any parting thoughts before we get up out of here, bro? <laughs> yeah, man. NBA uh preseason starts next week. Looking forward to that. Um, just want to let you guys know that uh the Pelicans had five players in ESPN's top hundred. Uh even though that list is trash, my boy's ready to come play, man. Let's go. All right, that's what's up, man. Um well, uh, on that note, uh, I think that's the thing we covered it all, fellas. So we're looking forward to getting back, uh, back on, uh, back online next week to talk to the folks. So, uh, with that being said, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Amibros underscore podcast, and uh, God bless you guys. Wear your mask. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>